The Fringe, only on Late Nights on K-Talk. Now, for most of us, our experience of being on the messy end of death is through our addiction to popular TV shows like Law and Order and CSI. We can cringe at the gore from the safety of our sofas, confident that the screen provides a very reasonable distance between us and the detritus of death inside the TV. But what about those people whose sole responsibility is cleaning up after a crime scene. The people who really have to get their hands dirty, as it were. Well, uh, my next guest is one of those people. He's one of the directors of franchise group Crime Scene and Trauma Cleanup, a local firm set up by siblings Eileen de Yacha and Roelin Schutter, known as the Blood Sisters. And uh, together they've been cleaning crime scenes for 15 years. And it gives me pleasure to welcome Francois de Yacha to the show. Francois, thanks for joining us. Good morning, Sarah, and good morning to all your listeners. You must have one of the most interesting slash gory jobs on the planet. Uh, you know, you can say so. <laughs> now, where did the idea come uh, to, to set up this business? Because it's not really something that one goes to university to study, is it? No. Um, as it happens, the, the well, as I said, the initial education it was gained by Eileen and her sister abroad uh, when returning... Years later, they saw a need for such a based business in South Africa and started very small up in Gauteng many years ago. Coincidentally, it's 18 years this year. Ah, congratulations. <laughs> yeah, it's our 18th birthday. <laughs> and um, it just expanded from there and it grew to quite a substantial company. Uh, we've got kind of branches nationwide now. We render our services basically in all the provinces of the country. And, yeah, it's just been a, a gaining knowledge and bettering our services every day and every month as we go along. I am absolutely fascinated by is by, by what you do. I mean, really. I mean, it's the, it's the stuff of nightmares in some aspects. But as a voyeur looking out from the inside, I, I'm, I'm afraid I do want to know all the grisly details. First of all, just clarify for us what services you offer. We specialize in rendering the decontamination of any hazardous or trauma scene. Um, and also we, can, we specialize in cleaning up of hoarding, uh, which is also now gaining much more popularity mm. and knowledge about it. Then unattended deaths, uh, suicides, homicides, industrial accidents. Um, yeah, they're, they're quite bad ones and then um, fire and soot removal uh, well the soot removal after a fire usually that's for insurance purposes on the structure to see what needs to be repaired because you can't really see and then just basic any cleaning job or that a normal uh, we refer to them as ugly bubbly people can't clean <laughs> Listen, what, at what point and, and do you get called to a crime scene? Because that's really what I'm interested in. Um, what point do you get called to a crime scene? And who is it that c contacts you? Is it the emergency services? Uh, is it private clients? Uh, we come in preferably after all forensic work has been completed and after pathology has been done on scene, if there was a disease. Um we get called, we get referred to by the EMSs, first responders, chaplains, police services, uh, 
This is all back part of our marketing basis over many years where we've made connection with people that can refer our services. We we are quite broad, broadly available on social media through all our branches so the public themselves can get hold of us. Tell, and then, mm, go on, mm. go ahead. Sorry, sorry, Francois. No, and then um, it, 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 uh, well, once we go in, all go in, all necessary investigation or something like that must be completed because once we start, all those evidence are gone. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, presumably, the the time between forensics having been in and mm. and you going in, um, I mean, I'm thinking of some quite gory situations. It can't. The time span can't really be doing you any favors. No, not at all. It just worsens. Uh, we've, we're currently busy. We're on a quite a large industrial incident in the Eastern Cape, where the incident took place last week, Friday. We only visited the site yesterday after pathology was done and the, the necessary labour investigation and all that. So you can now think for yourself from Friday till yesterday within a big industrial environment where there's all the elements involved. Yes, ageing does cause a lot of smell and odour and the bugs and decomposition and, yeah, it gets quite gruesome. That's what I want to talk about. We are after midnight. I feel it's safe that we can go into detail. And and this isn't in any way meant to meant to disrespect the, the deceased at all. And obviously there are situations where, um, you know, if in any situation where where there is loss of life, then there is there is sadness and trauma for the family. That that I'm not. I'm certainly not negating that. On the other hand, I know my listeners, and I know they want to know um, about the gore. What is a typical is there such thing as a typical crime scene for you? Suicides. Those are the most frequent and most typical ones that we get called out to, yes. Sure. So majority of the times there would be a fire, firearm in use. Um, 95% of the time it would be a headshot. Um, typically uh, in a bedroom, environment people find it quite comforting to do it in bedrooms or commit suicide in bedrooms and again i'm just stating our records i'm not saying that that is where it always happens no sure that's these people are in desperate situations where they take desperate measures on their life so yeah you can think to yourself a gunshot to the head high caliber usually let's say a nine millimeter pistol with a proper bullet in it can cause quite a gruesome scene where there's brain matter and skull and hair and then the person kills over and then it bleeds out and it's blood on the floors and the carpeting and on the bed and on the mattress and it seeps through and it goes everywhere. Tell me, by, by the time you've arrived, has the, has the body been removed always? We'd like to say always, Oof. but we have been called out a few times where we we get there and they're still waiting for pathology to finish. But then we would just stay away, and that's not we're not there to deal with that. No, but I have I have seen some deceased people yet. Yeah, no, I, I'm sure, I'm sure. And it, and it and it seems like a strange question to ask, but I mean, you you must um, you must go in with the tools of the trade. I mean, if I was simply to turn up with a bottle of jick. Um, that's presumably, you know, and a, and a scoppy, that's not going to do the job, is it? 
No, um, it worsens the scene. We get called out to so many scenes where people want to deal out of love or compassion for the for the deceased. If it is a family member, they say, no, I can do this. I, I knew him. I can clean him up. And they use locally available detergents and methods like you would approach a piece of meat from the kitchen, which is absolutely not the case. And then those things basically worsens it. Our chemicals have been formulated for us, and we work closely with biochemists um, to do specific purposes with the fluids that stays behind. It's, it's a matter of breaking it down and decontaminating it. All our methods and machinery and equipment we use is constantly being perfected, if I can say that. So we use less... I don't want to pitch up at a scene with big machines and stuff. We want to be as quick and in and out with the least manpower. We Our typical team is two people. On doesn't matter how really big a scene becomes. But, yeah, you can use your handy-andy, but it's not going to do any good. If you are just joining us at 19 minutes past midnight, uh, I'm on the line now to uh, Francois de Yaka, who is one of the directors of the franchise group Crime Scene and Trauma Cleanup, which essentially does exactly what it says on the tin. These are the people uh, who go in, uh, whose responsibility it is to go in uh, after a crime uh, has been committed, after a death. Uh, they also work with with hoarding, etc., etc. But uh, these are the people who have to go in and, and clean up uh, and get their hands dirty, as it were. If you have a question uh, for Francois, then uh, please do get in touch. You can give me a call in studio on 021-446-0567. You can drop me an SMS to 31567 uh, or send me a WhatsApp 072-567-1567. Uh, you must have questions. I've got so many. Uh, so if you would like to add to the questions that I've got, then uh, then please do uh, get in touch. Talk to me about training your staff, Francois, because um, as I was saying in the beginning, it's not something that one goes to university to study and and you you now are are countrywide when people come to you uh, and you and you advertise for a job and they walk through the door uh, what's the first thing that you tell them um first of all it's not as much walking into the door and applying for a position we do get approached on a daily basis with people with emails and phone calls quite keen on what we do but emphasis on keen in Everybody, I mean, we've had so many people reading our books that we've released, and then they read the books and they're like, ah, oh, this sounds like a fun job. Fun? And first <laughs> off, yeah, well, we, they get them and then they phone us and, you know, this sounds like fun. It's something that I can do. I'm tired of my daily routine and I want to do this. So obviously a person that refers to what we do as fun will not be <laughs> considered at all. Yeah. Um, we We do... We have, over the past couple of years, built up a, call it a questionnaire, mm. that you that we've worked closely with psychologists to really? complete. Yeah, it's like a multiple question. Give me an example. It's, Give me an example, Francois, of what might what I might find on that questionnaire. Um, first of all, if you cut yourself, is it your intention to lick your finger clean, or would you run for a bandaid? That would give us an indication that the person is concerned about his health because just putting your finger in your mouth is not a very healthy reaction, but running for plaster is a more considerate reaction of 
care. Yeah. So after that is then, then we go through the final sifting. We do background checks. Is a person, I will not consider a person that's never been exposed to any type of trauma right. for what we do. Uh, usually the people that approach us and our, that are franchise members of ours have past experience in either SA Police Force, EMSs, uh, Fire Brigade, Mortuary, Pathology, um, people that y- you you have a certain criteria of mind that yeah. does what we do. Um I, for instance, will not be able to do your job on a daily basis. You'd be surprised, Francois. You'd be surprised. But uh, um, you know, we just we we take care because once a member, we are very concerned about our guys always, well, staying sober-minded and, mm. and sane. Yeah. Yeah, I want to talk about that. Sorry, Francois, I do. I want to talk about that a little bit further in just a second. But we've had uh, a voice note in on the WhatsApp. Can we play that? Hey, SJ, I'm, this is such a fascinating conversation. I, I want to know. I mean, are you? Are they pulling like pieces of brain out of the carpet and pieces of blood and guts, or, or is it just what's left is just a pool of blood that they need to scrub out of the carpet? Um, and do they often find a lot of like human remains left over, like pieces, fragments of people's bones and skulls and stuff like that? Or are they very much just dealing with trying to get the stain out of the dining room carpet? <laughs> Francois, that, I can't even begin to answer that. That's, uh, thank you for that message, by the way. Graphic. And that's what I like at 23 minutes past midnight. Go ahead, Francois. Please, please answer that question because it's the one we all want to know. All right. The stain on the carpet is this is the very last concern we have. Yes, we do pick off brain matter. Yes, we do pick off skull, body parts. Um, the current scene that we're busy with on the industrial machine is there's matter, there's tissue stuck within the mechanisms of the machine that we have to physically pick out with our hands to get the machine clean so that it can be used up, used again. On as far as a stain on a carpet, if there for longer than five minutes, we will not attempt to clean the stain because it goes through the carpet, through the underfelt, onto the concrete. And because what we do is not a cleaning but a decontamination, I would literally cut out that section of carpet, discard of it correctly through the correct hazardous waste treatment of it, and then decontaminate right onto the concrete to make sure that there's no trace of blood or any tissue or anything left. What's the worst crime scene you've ever attended? There's so many. Um, I would say, for me personally, it was on my birthday. Uh, it was a family attack on a, house, on a home in a suburban area in Pretoria. Um, it was very graphic in the sense where you could see where the perpetrators gained entrance to the house, where the mother was shot in the passage. She crawled to the bedroom and the son was shot there and the father was shot in the garden. And it was very graphic and it was all over the place and it was my birthday. Yeah, that would that would probably do it. Sure. How do you deal with stuff like that? I mean, it's it's one thing to to be able to stomach uh, 
you know, sort of blood and guts and gore and that sort of thing. But but that's a, that's the sort of practical side. On an emotional and psychological level, um, to see the kind of scenes that you're seeing, you know, most of us won't experience that in our entire lifetimes, but you are going into situa- situations like this day in and day out. That must do something to the psyche. I mean, do you, do you go through therapy or trauma counselling? Um, no, I don't go to therapy. Um, no, I don't go through trauma counselling. Um, I think it's a mindset that what we do is gory, it is gross, but we, I, I myself and Eileen and, and Raleen, I think the part that helps us cope with it is the, is the level in which we assist people and the gratitude and the helping them in turn helps us to deal with it. What's, and I love wine. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's your What's your aim in going into a property and and and, and let's say, for example, that there's been a, a shooting, a suicide, uh, and and obviously that there, there is um, detritus left over from that. Is your aim to put the house back to how it was exactly before that happened, or is it simply just to get rid of? Um, the, the 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 very graphic evidence of what's happened there. We aim each and every time to put it back to close as possible the way it was before, minus the section of carpet, minus the mattress, and whatever cannot be cleaned up safely. But the rest will be as normal, as close to possible, because that's one of the things that. Uh, we aim at once people return to the scene, family members and that, if they had to walk into a shambled place still, mm. it just upsets them further. Once we leave, uh, it is part of their healing again in, okay, this is not as bad. I can, wow, this is clean. Um, this is still there. Because we get called out to typically, and I would, many of clients say, it, it's a bloodbath where we would refer to it as, as a nosebleed. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we get used to it. Yeah. But people get, I mean, um, many a times I've, I've told people that in a daily day, when you wake up in the morning, we have plans. I have to leave at seven to go to work to be in time and not get that one traffic light that's always upsetting me. Mm. So we have plans in our day. Where with what we do at 10 in the morning, you get a phone call that your brother shot himself. That mm. was not planned. So your whole day is topsy-turvy. And then you walk into that scene. Pathology is there. Police is there. And everybody's got questions. And everybody wants to know answers. And we get there as, and then we get to help. Mm. So the, our aim is to help and to start that person's day Never that it will ever, ever be fine again. But then at least, at least that's one little part of the day or the experience that will not be as remembered. There was a before and an after, but not, not always an after. But then we refer to it as a, there was a before and an after. Mm. 
Francois Diecher is uh, joining us on the line uh, and he is one of the directors of Crime Scene and Trauma Cleanup uh, who do pretty much what it says uh, in the title. Uh, they go into uh, to crime scenes uh, and uh, and uh, where there may be a, a shooting or a death or any any sort of situation like that and uh, essentially clean up uh, the mess that is uh, that is left behind or the situation that is, is left behind. I've always wondered in terms of road traffic accidents um, which we know can be horrendous do you also attend those because there i mean i've i'm thinking of some um that i've i've reported on in the past where i mean it's been and it really has been a complete bloodbath and there've been sort of decapitations and and missing limbs and, and all that sort of thing do you go and deal with that as well unfortunately not and i do say unfortunately um when it comes to national roads and and domestic roads that we use within suburbs that falls under different jurisdictions like on our national highways you'll have Sunroll. Now Sunroll has certain procedures in place to deal with that and then it would be the typical routine for the fire brigade or somebody to clean up scenes like that or pathology would also be on scene but no we're not involved in road accidents. we are supposed to. We, we're constantly trying to get, I would say, our foot in the door. Mm, mm. But it's currently, no, it's not, not been successful for us. But we would absolutely want to help there because many people, as you say, you drive past there and you can still see the blood stain on the road. Yeah. And with time, it just washes away. I remember when I was a child, somebody coming into school once, I think it was the parent of one of my classmates, and his job was uh, was working on the roads. This was in the UK, and I think attending road accident scenes and kind of putting up the signs and all that kind of thing. And I remember him specifically telling a bunch of six-year-olds how he'd attended to one um, one RTA where the driver of the car had been decapitated and they kept they were frantically looking around for the head, and then they found it in the back seat. Yeah, well, we we have been looking for body parts on scenes. Oh, my good, really? Which body parts? Uh, there was this one incident where it was an extremely high caliber gun, and it sent parts of the person's skull through the ceiling. Now, in the scene specifically, we had to remove part of the ceiling, but after a day or two, we got phone called back in that there was still an odor. So that means that there's a source. So we literally had to crawl on our hands and knees within the roof and probably in the bedroom at the next door to the next door bedroom. It ricocheted off the inside of the roof and it landed there. And it just continued with decomposition. So we had to go crawl inside the ceiling for the piece to get the odour away. Oh, my goodness me. Do, do people ever... I don't know why I'm laughing. It's awful. I think it's fear. Um, do people ever refuse to go back to a property? Because I can imagine if something awful has happened um, at a property, and I'm thinking specifically of, of the uh, Fan Bradar, uh story where you had the family who were, who were um, slaughtered and, and a, I think the sister was left, um, was left sort of... Uh, uh, what's yeah, the word? I can't the, think of. I can't the, think of. Um, the but, memory loss thing, yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, in that situation, when there are survivors of, a, of an incident like that, is it common that they will say, actually, you know, we can't go back into this house and, and they will just sell up or they'll just refuse to refuse to go back in? 
quite quite often. Mm. Um, we've we've dealt with some uh, one one specific attack on a small holding in Natal, where the uh, the uh, husband and wife was attacked. The wife was bound up with electric cords, uh, beaten, and then the husband was shot in the abdomen. Um, he called to the lounge area to make a phone call for emergency, but he didn't make it quite there yet, and then he passed away. She survived the attack, but she refused. She never, ever went back again. Yeah. She just said she will never, ever put foot there. Yeah. And the, the attack, basically the farm got shut down, sold off. People lost their jobs and everything else. When it comes to industrial um, incidents, and, that, mm. and, and not that it's, a, a, it's a, any loss of life, of course, is, is traumatic, but I would imagine that if you're dealing particularly with, what, construction sites or building sites or heavy machinery, that must sometimes come with its own... It's, it's not just simply a case of wiping the blood off the linoleum. It's perhaps mm. um, extracting an arm from a machine or a something... Is it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's it's one of the more difficult scenes to do because we, like if it's a piece of carpet on which a person is bled out, as I said, we will remove the carpet and decontaminate right onto the concrete. But when you're working with a machine in a production plant that just injured a person, but that machine is worth literal millions sure. I can't discard the machine I need to clean that machine back to being able to function again safely so in a, in a sense that it's not going to be contaminated for and, and safe for the next person to touch it and yeah. work with it again so yeah it's, it's, it's gory, it's gruesome and it's, you do pick out and as I said with the incident we're currently busy with it's it's there. It's in between everything and gears and sprockets and chains and hydraulic presses. And it it becomes part of the machine and you have to distinguish what is machine and what is not. And, and crawl into spaces. It's like going into the Kango caves. <laughs> <laughs> uh, first of all, please just remind us of the books that, uh, that you guys have released because I, I have to get my hands on these and I know that there will be people listening in now saying this is this interview simply isn't long enough. We need to know more. Uh, there are two books, I gather. Yeah, the first one was uh, Blood Sisters or Blood Sisters. Mm-hmm. It was first released in Afrikaans and then translated over to English. Uh, the second one was uh, Flesh and Blood or Flesh and Blood, yeah. also Blood Sisters. Um, they are currently available on ebooks through LARPA. Okay. Um, and if not there, they can email us at info at crimescenecleanup.co.za and we can assist them in obtaining a copy either by ebook or hard copy. Oh, I would I'm telling you I'm doing that right now. We need to we've made note of those details, have we? Because I need to get my hands on this on these books. Francois, it has been such a pleasure and so fascinating to have you on the show. I mean, it's just extraordinary. And I have to say sometimes when we invite people on and and they do strange and weird and wonderful jobs and we've had sort of paranormal uh, ghost hunters and various other things and I'll often volunteer and say I'd love to come and uh, and do it and 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 spend an evening with you. I'm not going to say that now. I can't think of anything I would less rather do uh, than go and pick a head out of a piece of machinery. Uh, but uh, you are to be applauded for the work that you do and, and somebody has to do it and you guys do it. So uh, thanks very much for that and thanks for joining us on the show. 
Thank you very much, Sarah, and good night to you, or good morning to you and all your listeners. And it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, and thank you for the opportunity. Sure. Thanks, Francois.